This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Caring for an aging parent can be extremely difficult. Most people don't know what to do or where to begin. A healthy caregiver is a good caregiver. An exhausted and sick caregiver is is not so much. So you have to really try to find time to manage your own stress. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Representatives from the solar power industry spoke to lawmakers Monday about a community solar bill they'd like to see enacted. As Curtis Tate reports, they were met with some skepticism. Many states have the option of community solar, where residents can receive solar power without having to put panels on their rooftops. Advocates of community solar in West Virginia told members of the Joint Energy Committee Monday that enabling it would lower utility bills and create jobs. So on day one, every subscriber to a community solar project is saving money and doing it at no risk to the customer. They can leave the project at any time. That's Richard Caperton, Vice President of Policy and Market Development at Arcadia, a community solar company. Caperton said West Virginia's neighbors are embracing the concept. Uh, We've got very progressive states and we've got red states. And I look at um, our neighbors uh, just to the east in Virginia, where Governor Yunkin has made community solar and expanding community solar part of his energy plan for the state. Adam Edlin, the founder and CEO of Edlin Renewables and the former auditor of Kentucky, said he'd be willing to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in community solar in West Virginia. Because the truth of the matter is there's nothing more compelling than a green energy project in a coal-producing state. Some lawmakers from coal-producing counties said they'd fight it. I've got a bag of pixie dust for you, but it's actually coal, okay? That was Republican Senator Rupi Phillips of Logan County. Sun don't always shine. So what do you do? You know, you've got so many coal-fired power plants have shut down because of this fairy tale story. Caperton said a variety of sources of power can support the grid. We also are seeing... Uh, community solar projects with storage added to address that specific question. Storage batteries that will soon be made here in West Virginia. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. Two bills expected to be introduced in the 2023 regular legislative session propose dividing the Department of Health and Human Resources into three separate cabinet agencies. Randy Yowie spoke with some of the bill's sponsors about the need for major change within the state's largest government entity. Incoming House Health Committee Chair Amy Summers, Republican from Taylor County, says the House-crafted legislation breaks the current DHHR into three entities, a Department of Health, Department of Health Services, and Department of Health Facilities. Summers points to a recent letter sent to Governor Jim Justice from Senator Charles Trump, Republican from Morgan County, explaining crisis issues regarding child welfare in the eastern panhandle. The governor was very surprised and appalled by that information. We think if there was a secretary reporting directly to the governor about foster care and child protective service issues, he wouldn't be be surprised by this information. It would have been reported to him. Summer says continuing state crises, floods, chemical spills, the pandemic, consume one DHHR secretary's time and resources. You only have so much time in a day, so then that time was not available to be given to some areas that we are seeing um, serious problems being exposed. 
I'm concerned that we are having claims of abuse and neglect, and we've actually had some reported deaths with some individuals of intellectual disability in some homes. Uh, we have had foster children that have been placed that have had crises. We have drug overdose death rates continuing at a very high rate. Senate President Craig Blair, Republican from Berkeley County, says the Senate DHHR legislation works in phases after splitting the agency into three cabinet positions. The next phase will be after it's acclimated, give it time to settle, the dust to settle, and the cabinet secretaries to be able to come forward to the legislature and say, look, this needs to be done, that needs to be done. Uh, if you, we do this, I can have better results. So you got a well-oiled machine serving the people of West Virginia. Summer says one of the biggest pieces in this restructure is that the organizations that are responsible for regulating and investigating other agencies are under the same boss. We feel that that's a conflict of interest, and you don't see serious problems exposed until you know there's loss of life, injury, or the media can report something. So we want these problems to be addressed early on and not when they become so serious. Summer says she has met with Justice's executive staff on the proposed DHHR restructuring. She said they're listening to another point of view, but they have their own ideas as well. Justice vetoed legislation passed last session to divide DHHR into two agencies. When asked in a recent media briefing about new legislative DHHR proposals, Justice first defended his efforts to bring in a new interim DHHR secretary, to make immediate changes in hiring policies, and to continue to implement the reorganization and enhanced internal communication recommendations of the McChrystal Report. But he also said it's vital to find common ground. We'll look at, at, at everything the Senate offers and, and offers up and everything. You know, DHHR didn't get in this mess, nor did the roads get in this mess on my watch. This has been decades, decades of the same kind of issues. Summers and Blair both say their DHHR restructuring bills will be introduced on the first day of the 60-day regular legislative session. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. It's 7.50. This is West Virginia Morning. Mostly cloudy skies, chance of rain today with highs in the 40s and 50s. Tonight, a chance of rain, lows in the 30s and 40s. Tomorrow, some gusty wind with rain, highs in the 40s, 50s, and low 60s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. And by HD Media, presenting digital and print subscriptions of the Charleston Gazette Mail and Herald Dispatch for when you're on the go. Information at HDMediaLLC.com. For the second interview in our series, Getting Into Their Reality, Caring for Aging Parents, News Director Eric Douglas spoke with Teresa Morris. She's the Program Director for the West Virginia Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. 
They discussed what Alzheimer's is and what it means for the caregiver. Explain to me what we're talking about. Explain to me what Alzheimer's, dementia, they are separate, but they're effectively the same thing. They are. So so t- kind of give me the background a little bit. What, what, okay. what are we talking about? So we, we typically describe dementia as a collection of symptoms that affect a person's ability to function independently. Now, those, those symptoms or those traits can be memory loss, issues with reasoning, issues with sequencing, language deficits. Um, dementia and Alzheimer's are, vi- are, are different in that um, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia. So we have about, I don't know, 12, 13 different types of dementia. Okay, that's um, So we have Alzheimer's disease. Um, there's a frontotemporal dementia. There's a vascular dementia, Lewy body's dementia. I guess the location in the brain is going to affect the, the, the types of thing, the, the problems they'll have, whether it's spatial reasoning or whether it's memory loss or... Exactly. You know, mo- all, all dementias are going to have memory loss. They're going to have issues with recall. They're going to have issues with language, but um, they can be characterized a little bit different. There might be more behaviors with someone that has a frontotemporal dementia. Um, there might be personality changes. There might be more aggression maybe with, with another type of dementia. Okay. Let's discuss first the challenges of being a caregiver for somebody. So, you know, a caregiver of someone with dementia, I believe, you know, they deal with obviously the mental decline of of the person that they're that they're caring for um, and maybe seeing those changes. But I believe the person, the caregiver, often they experience grief. You know, they're they're going to they're going to mourn, I believe, at the beginning of what what they expected their parents or you know loved one's life end of life to be like and it's it's very very different but you know the fact of it is someone with dementia is going to require 24-hour care eventually Um, all of the the things that make someone independent are going to be lost and so a caregiver will be charged with medication management meals safety within the home uh, financial considerations and with that often comes consideration for residential care or additional care in the home and then that turns into financial considerations you know we we medicare's not does not pay for caregiving per se you know so then you have to look at private pay for for care in the home or or if you look at like an assisted living or personal care you know that's still private pay um, and then sometimes folks might need to qualify for Medicaid. And so then there's the challenge of going through that process and, you know, selling maybe the home or the, the land and, and, and just all, all the possessions maybe to, to be able to provide the care that someone needs with, with, with dementia. What are the support groups for? What, do, what would I gain from, from being involved with one of those groups? So our support groups meet once a month. Um, we try to keep them to about an hour um, in length because people are busy. Um, a lot of these folks have, a lot of the caregivers have jobs, you know, so they can't really be gone. Um, or if they're a 24-7 caregiver, they can't leave the person with disease for, for more than an hour. So anyhow, we try to keep it to an hour. Um, I think you gain camaraderie in a sense. 
um, you know, the people in those groups are absolutely going through what you're going through. So how does somebody get involved with that? How does somebody... Uh, where do they start? Where do you? So, if you're interested in a support group, the best thing to do is to call our our office, our our chapter office. That number is three zero four three four three two seven one seven, and you just tell us where you are. We'll try to plug you into a support group that is local to your community. And then we have a couple support groups across the state that meet virtually still. Okay. Um, so, you know, sometimes that's easier. You know, you can you can call from home. You know, COVID did teach us that support groups are still effective, even if you're not in person. Uh, and I feel like we've got it covered a lot, but what haven't we talked about? A healthy caregiver is a good caregiver. An exhausted and sick caregiver is, is not so much. So you have to really try to find time to manage your own stress and and to try to take care of yourself you have to go to your own doctor's appointments you know if you're down you're never going to be able to take care of the person with the disease adequately um you know be realistic about what you can and can't do i I often see people um will say you know well i told my mom i'm I'm never going to put them in a you know maybe a nursing home or a long-term care facility and and while that is a very um valiant statement you know, there there might come a time where that's the best thing for you and for your loved one. That was Teresa Morris, the program director for the West Virginia chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, speaking with Eric Douglas. For more of the interview or to hear the other interviews in the series, Getting Into Their Reality, Caring for Aging Parents, visit our website, wvpublic.org. To reach the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, call 304-343-2717. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.